0: Your host for LaCrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. Alright, welcome to what day is today, Ken? Thursday, lacrosse talk PM. 785 seven eighty five, seven. I don't know why I do that. A guy just did that, right? So you can you can remember that. Uh, Ken Gilliams in studio with me. LaCrosse Fire Chief. If you didn't know that. And I was Brad Williams in the Wisdom Newsroom is working on maybe having Tim Grinky call in to just talk about what we can't call officially a hate crime that happened in Copeland park. Uh, but the mayor put out a, a letter today, um, just kind of bringing that to everyone's attention. I don't know if you're even up to speed on that. I haven't
1: that. even seen that one yet. So uh, no comment.
0: well, we'll, we'll put it on the back burner until, and until we get more information and, uh, but, uh, you're coming from Holman. Does that mean you were, uh, at your new office?
1: Uh, no new office, but we're having a meeting up there. So
0: Okay. Um, you were sworn in a couple of days ago, right, as the new fire chief of the Holman Fire Department?
1: That is correct.
0: Uh, how did that go? Uh, I was uh, Is this is this annoying? You
1: could, no, it's I good. It, you uh, I'll move it on the break, but okay. no it was good uh, it was a, a nice turnout, nice little ceremony. And then we got down to business of just, you know, next steps with their board meeting. So it was good.
0: Yeah. Do you just kind of want to, I, I know, and we've done this before, but just the, the idea of what lacrosse is fire department and Holman have, have done now and, and where we're at with that. Yeah.
1: So, uh, over the last few months, we uh, negotiated a memorandum of understanding, uh, that effective July 9th, uh, it put me in position as uh, kind of the, the interim or acting chief of, uh, the Holman Fire Department, uh, and to provide them some administrative services and oversight of their fire department, uh, looking at everything from uh, some changes in staffing that they need to do to uh, uh, part-time volunteer or part-time uh, recruitment and retention of staff up there, and then uh, really doing bringing what we know at La Crosse and kind of the expertise of our entire organization up to uh, help Holman Area Fire Department in those three communities served by them. Uh, really look at the next five to ten years and, and where things need to go up there. So kind of very early in the phases. Uh, legally, they had to swear me in as fire chiefs, uh, so that uh, I have fire chief powers up there. Um, but uh, we're we're kind of easing into it and really doing just a lot of assessment here this first month.
0: Now, every time you come in here, and I'm just going to go sidebar here, you're you're decked out in your 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 fire chief gear. Um, not not the it doesn't look too hot, but I imagine with moon tunes going on outside the studio here. Not a not a lot of places to park. When I, I had to walk like a block and a half, and I'm just like drenching sweat because it's just so hot. Uh, do you do you have you suffer the same thing? And then just like and when we were at that dedication on Tuesday, which we can, or was it Monday? What day was that? that Tuesday, was the fire truck dedication. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday is just the, like I'm. I'm just it's so hot out, and I'm just looking at all the the police officers and the fire off fire firemen and women. And I'm just like, man, you guys got to wear this stuff all the time. And so yeah, there's,
1: there's a few layers of clothing and we, we, you know, we, we try to utilize technologies and uh, I won't get too much into clothing design today, but <laughs> it's uh it's not necessarily the most comfortable, but we've made a lot of advances. It's not really heavy cotton stuff. Like I used to be in one when, when we this first is a, started, this
0: so. is a Seinfeld episode where yeah, George Costanza yeah. working for the Yankees has uh, makes them actually wear cotton jerseys. And I, yeah. I don't, I think it just, uh it goes, it, completely uh, off the rails for, for them, of course, because that's how works. Our employees
1: works. that are hopping on and off the trucks, we dress them a little bit more streamlined and uh, make sure they're, uh, you know, they're, they're doing a lot heavier lifting than I'm doing these days, but uh, certainly as, uh, you know, as you look at our command staff, um, you know, we want to be recognized as positions authority that we are, so a lot of times when we're doing public appearances like this, we got a little bit more of the bling on, but I can I can get into a polo or a t shirt still. I
0: was gonna say, are you gonna get more bling now that you're the Holman Fire Chief? No, too? I don't, are gonna, I'm not gonna like do the string of patches? patches down my shirt. We're, you know, <laughs>
1: everybody's worried about the stickers on doors and things, but um, we're just trying to bring them. Um, like I said, our expertise and a lot of the benchmarks that lacrosse has made over the last you know 100 and some odd years, uh, bring that up and help give them some guidance on really that area up there might be bigger than lacrosse in 30 or 40 years as you look at the growth plans and the amount of land they have up there. So. Uh, they're, they're wanting to make sure their fire departments ahead of that curve and, and ultimately meeting public safety needs so we're gonna give them all the help we can do
0: yeah and then uh, we, we a couple of minutes here before we hit the first news break but um it's it's it seems to me a little bit odd like the the lacrosse fire department and then we're gonna grab Holman and we're gonna kind of help them out but there's a big gap right there, there's a big gap between there I called on Alaska yep and um I, I don't know. Is that I don't know. Is is that pose any kind of difficulties? So
1: the, the city of Onalaska and their fire department was invited to the table. They've actually showed up at a few meetings. They were involved in the Wisconsin Policy Forum report that looked at fire and EMS sharing opportunities in the region. Uh, that was report was published in December of uh, twenty um, twenty. Chief Goody and his new assistant chief uh, were at our event. when uh, when you saw the the deal with Quent 1 and the uh, the line of duty memorial the other day. Um, So we're we're friendly. We're talking. uh, The city of Onalaska wasn't, I guess, essentially the best way to put it, and I don't want to speak for them. They just weren't ready to come to the table and look at, uh, you know, what is a true district or whatever this may become be, but they've assured me they're going to be good mutual aid neighbors and partners in the region. So uh, I'm keeping Chief Goody and his uh, personnel informed of, Strategic benchmarks along the way, and we're going to make sure we keep lines of communication open. There, they're 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 certainly a partner of ours, uh, being on the north side of La Crosse. So, uh, it's just uh, we're just going to kind of continue to lean on that friendship and partnership, and see where the dialogue goes.
0: Yeah, it's not like you're fighting. No, <laughs> we're no. not talking to you, but because obviously you all have to really have good communication. Because if something happens, and I'm starting to learn a lot of this, if if something happens on the south side of La Crosse essentially all the, the fire stations north of that kind of have to, like, move the ter- their territory, their coverage territory down, which means on Alaska would then have to start thinking about, oh, if something happens on the north side of La Crosse now, we might be responsible for some of that.
1: Right. So right now we, we call for mutual aid. If we, if we get overrun with multiple calls, uh, on Alaskas in our mutual aid plans as is home and they drift south. Um, if, if they get overwhelmed up there, we drift north. Um, it, it's it's mutual aid, so it's mutual. Uh, I would say that you know, Lacrosse, being a much larger department, has the ability or the ability or the opportunity to probably give a little bit more than we receive. Um, however, we we try to keep it fair. I think the biggest thing moving into the MOU with Holman is, is both are all four communities involved. We we wanted to make sure that we we're keeping things very clean fiscally. That you know, one group of taxpayers wasn't fiscally supplementing another group of taxpayers. So. Uh, the Holman Area Fire Department—they're—they're they're paying us a significant sum of money for this first year to—to to help them. Um, we're not doing it for free, um, and uh, you know they're—they're they're trying to make it amicable, and it gives us a longer—you know—the next year or so to negotiate what does a really long-term strategy look like, or is this just not going to work? And we need to just respectfully bow out. So a lot of dialogue to come. Uh, but yeah. this first year, it's really it's it's not really affecting our day-to-day operations other than me and my administrative staff are picking up a little bit of extra work but it's kind of a labor of love
0: so. when when and you talk about holman being a a pretty big area for growth um is there is there other parts i mean is that the most important part is it like getting ahead of that growth a little bit is that that and that's kind of what you're doing but is there is is there other territories in the area that where where you see that and maybe you, the Lacrosse Fire Department might be able to help out there?
1: Well, yeah, I think, you know, certainly going back a couple of years, we uh, picked up our fire contract with the town of Madari, and we've certainly been making some, some minor adjustments with that and that, that community off to that corner of the city. Um, as you look at the Holman area fire district, it's it serves town of Onalaska, town of Holland, and the village of Holman. Um, there's a lot of growth up there. They've got one, one station that serves a little over 90 square miles. It's a huge geographical region. Um, and it's just, their call volume's out, outgrown what they can con- currently safely deliver. So first steps are really, this year we're moving them into 24-hour staffing of uh, three people on the fire engine in the station, and then we're going to kind of look at, over the next three to five years, Some uh, after we look at all their data and look at where things are going and trending, we'll be proposing to the board other steps they can take to just get ahead of that growth curve as they continue to add, you know, X amount of hundreds of homes every year up there, or however long it takes.
0: Uh, that's Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. All right, we've got to take one break. Uh, well, we'll take more than one break, but uh, this first one. Brad's got to do the news. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam in studio with me. If you guys have any questions for the Fire Chief, 608 785 7914. Somebody said accident on Highway 16 southbound almost cleared up. So I guess. A, Highway 16 southbound where, but uh, almost almost cleared up. So we're good. Uh, there was an accident uh, right in front of Dick's yesterday. And I, I'm i like, Who's, whose area is that? Do you know? Because like, some of your guys are there. Some police are there. on is there. And I'm just like, who? Because that's right on the like
1: That's up in Onalaska's area if it's in front of Dick's, I believe. Yeah, there's is some. It? And then, yeah, there's some kind of.
0: Because I think right there is like the line. A little for goofy Anilaska boundary lines versus, are, yeah. Yeah. So. so which side
1: of the fog line you're on, and
0: um, it was weird too because there were two cars next to each other going the same way, uh, headed towards the highway, and they were both in into a stoplight. Yeah, today's
1: today's safety tip, boys and girls, is if you're driving right now, please stop texting.
0: Stop texting, yeah. Uh, stop texting, and you know, eating sandwiches and texting and driving, all that stuff. Um, all right, so this is kind of a a little bit of a dive here, but the uh, I think me and Hayes this morning I was in with Hayes for a little bit this morning, but off the air we were kind of talking about it and just got me thinking because uh, Hayes is like, you think Mayor, mayor Reynolds has uh, as, you know aspirations to go beyond being mayor at some point, maybe running for a state office or you know? And I'm like, I have no idea, but I I, I was starting to think about how tough a job it is to just jump in and, and be a mayor. And, and you, you were saying just before, $80 million budget here. You know, like I, just, I think it's awesome. He's been in
1: office for two months, and you guys are already working on his gubernatorial campaign. So well, this is uh, what we yeah. do. This <laughs>
0: is radio. This is like, hey, what is he going to do next? Is he going to do something next? And, and it was just like a – and that was Hayes talking, not me. But it got me thinking, not in terms of what Mayor Reynolds is doing, but in general, how tough it, how tough it is to be a mayor and then a rookie mayor. But then if you wanted to go, if you had aspirations – is the, does the job get easier as you go to maybe a state assembly office? I think governor would be hard, but a state assembly office, a state senator, and then moving up a U.S. congressman. And I think every, everyone listening is like, yeah, it's going to be easier because those guys don't do anything. Uh, but, you, but, uh, but, I think, but, but I think it probably would be at the bottom rung of all this. It, it's probably harder. And then as you move up, it must get easier. As a sports journalist, I will tell you, covering high school sports, very hard because I have to do all the stats, and then if you're you at a, no help. if yeah. you're at like a weekly paper, you're the statistician, you're the writer, you're the interviewer, the photographer, you're putting the it's newspaper. like your vacant
1: call screener spot over here. Yeah, me. Right?
0: yeah, I need one of those too. So you're doing everything as a weekly, and the weekly is the bottom rung of the newspaper, and then as you get up, if you're a you're a New York Times columnist in the sports department. Well, you just pick a game and decide to what you, you could, you could write the thing in your underwear. You don't even have to go to a game. So I kind of wonder if, you know, the same aspect, if this applies to, uh, you know, politicians where it's really hard at the bottom at a, at a, not a small town, but a, you know, a smaller town like lacrosse. And then as you go up to state and yeah. national offices.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I've never walked a mile in their shoes, but I have been at the Capitol a number of times. And, um, as you, as you work that system, they certainly have staffers and interns and you, you know, you slowly realize that there's a lot of Early twenty-somethings that are running the government because you you meet with the staffers because the the senators and Congress people they're they're running frantically from meeting to meeting and event to event and um, I, so I think they lie heavily on on their their chiefs of staff and staffers I think as you look locally at the mayor's level he's got the department heads in the city and you know we're certainly there to support him and, and kind of keep the city moving forward I think initially you know the first two months he's still you know he's learning. A lot of folks' names and getting to figure out who does what around City Hall and stuff. And so he's uh, he's hit the ground running. He's doing a good job. And, um, I, I, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes over the, you know, as he gets his uh – his traction underneath them and, and starts engaging on wherever he's on to take it over the next four years he, it'll be interesting
0: he uh he doesn't get as many lackeys to delegate all the work huh like you're one I'm of his, one his of lackeys. lackeys yeah
1: no <laughs> i am one of his lackeys
0: so. but okay so as a as a fire chief I, you know <laughs> i'm i'm guessing that you've come up the ranks at some point in time you you were probably at the buy you know as has, i
1: used to ride a fire truck believe it or not right yeah. so
0: so but as you get into leadership roles in, you know, you were in the Twin Cities before this. Yeah. So I, I imagine you were you weren't in the as high of a leadership role, but the fire department was, you know, obviously a lot obviously larger. A lot yeah, larger. So what is it like going from because you're kind of going up and down a little bit in terms of size of fire department? oh sure and 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 you 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 know the people up in the cities that you still know probably moved up into leadership roles but how 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 much harder is it as you go uh, go up the ladder in leadership
1: yeah i think it depends on how the organization supports you you know with 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 help and and you know certainly with with top cover um you know my last job in saint paul we were about a 430 some odd person department and uh you know that's a lot of people. That's a lot of uh, opinions. A lot of workers. A lot of personnel issues. Uh, stepping in lacrosse, uh, civilian and sworn staff. I manage about 106 people. And you know, I, I don't. I don't run the fire department. I've, I've got people below me on the org chart that run the fire department daily. I, I try to give good guidance, and I get like the tie-breaking vote once in a while. But it's really you know everybody from the firefighter stepping off the off the back door of the fire engine to you know up through my uh, d- division and battalion chiefs and the assistant chiefs that you know they're running the fire department so i think the mayor Realizes that as well. You know, the department heads are running the city. He's going to give us direction and guidance, and it's it's a team. If you think you're running the city by yourself, you're going to be quickly disappointed. I so, what
0: you're so. saying is, during a parade, you're just sitting on the back of the convertible, waving, because that's you're the figurehead yeah, of the I fire get department. Yeah, I could come and
1: talk to you. You know, I think <laughs> if you could lure some of the firefighters in here to talk, that'd be great. Um, I'm sure people are sick of hearing from me a little bit, but um, yeah, it's you know, it, it's a team effort. I'm here. I'm here. I really see myself advocating for my people. Uh, we want to make sure they're safe and healthy and have the equipment they need to ultimately serve the public. So so I'm here for my my folks on the rigs and then I'm also here you know ultimately I'm sworn to serve the public um, um, across and all of our visitors and guests.
0: And you say that, but I've had two other at least two other guys at the fire department on. I've had Pat Cran yeah uh, Corin, Corin. Corin Corin on and uh, we did a, a great show on fire pit safety. <laughs> Which yeah. was actually really fun because uh, it's just nonsense. You could talk about just the, the funny stuff. And we then, always got
1: fire pits, yeah. Um,
0: and then I can't remember the other guy I had on, but I remember talking to him about, you know, I just kind of asked him one of his hardest ordeals when fighting a fire. And he, you know, he's talking about how he suffered heat stroke and. And, you know, like just everything that comes with that. And then I had to make the off-the-wall off joke that, yeah, I know what you're talking about because I had a volleyball tournament once. At the it was stand. really hot. I got really hot yeah. and, and, and had to eat, like, a Snickers bar to feel better. And he just – if he would have been in the room, I would have seen the biggest <laughs> eye roll. But I was trying to make a joke, but I, he was like, yeah, Rick, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, you, you know, to, the, to that end of the job,
1: we've uh, got a tremendous push going on the last few years on physical fitness and everything from mental health to uh, just our physical health. Uh, it's, it's a very demanding job, and you, you kind of go from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds. Uh, you know, you're, you're riding to what you think is going to be there, and then you actually arrive on scene and you step off the rig and it's go time, and uh, you're, you're dressed in an encapsulating outfit that's certainly not cool, and uh, you got to do, start doing a lot of heavy lifting. It's kind of been termed uh, like an industrial athlete, so we're really training our people how to, you know, ergonomically safety lift, you know, 50 pound, 70 pound items, and and how to work as a team and be smart. So a lot of a lot of science goes into it. It's not just you know a bunch of uh, men and women jumping off the rigs screaming yeehaw. It's it's a lot of uh, training and practice goes into it. And uh, our crews on the street. Uh, just this past year, we we kind of reorganized our daily schedule and we put physical fitness right up front. So right after the rigs are checked out and we're kind of good for the day. They move into a mandated physical fitness exercise. Every member of the department's got to be exercising at least 30 minutes a day on shift. And that's an organizational commitment. So kudos to all of them for wanting that. We were able to get that done.
0: Do you just bring, uh, like, a a personal trainer out and just do it right out in the yard in front of the fire fire station?
1: So we've been really fortunate, uh, both with – we do a lot of our occupational medicine stuff through – through Mayo and uh, we do entrance level physicals and then ongoing management of our people with some partnership with Mayo and then uh, they've also partnered with UWL and their sports medicine group. Uh, They've come in this past year and really upped our fitness programming and uh, it's just been a it's been a godsend for us. Um, Everybody's kind of on the same sheet of music for kind of Expected uh, workouts and group workouts, and uh, there's been a few key players between Mayo and UWL that have really kind of rolled up their sleeves and, and kind of embraced this thing with our fire department. And I think in the next year or two, we're going to have some really cool data. We're looking at, we're looking backwards at our lost our lost work t- comp time from injuries and things on the scenes, and as we get more physically fit, um, and we look at ergonomics and you know how we place things on equipment and different things. Hopefully, those those lost time. Uh, costs to the citizens will drop dramatically by having a more healthier and fit workforce. So um,
0: do you, do you we're on be- a good road. Do you have benchmarks? So, uh, it, you know, like college football team, you got to run the mile in under seven minutes or something like that. Do you have stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I, so the, for our annual physical that we go in for, uh, you know, they, they do a lot of lifting, bending, turning, making sure that uh, – you're you're physically able to do all the movements but and then you get on this treadmill test and they it's a mets test and i, I don't want to get into the science of it because I'm, I'm not that smart on it but it uh everybody no matter how good a shape you are it's
0: basically well, you, put all the, a, you put the gear on right? no like,
1: you're you're in just workout gear but they're they're basically watching your heart as the treadmill starts to increase in oh in yeah height well they check well, it up yeah
0: but they check your ox yeah you got oxygen Max, we're not doing that they've uh, they do got
1: that testing so
0: so at, at, w- a couple of years ago Jagum, Doctor Jagum, that works at Mayo now. He was at UWL, and uh, they put me in the bubble at UWL to do your body fat test. But there, there was that treadmill test, and I was like, "I'll do that." And they're like, "No, we don't want you're going to die, Rick. Like, (laughs) we don't want you to do that. We just did your body fat test, Rick. You don't need to do the treadmill test."
1: Yeah, no, it's kind of the great equalizer. So we were, uh, and just this past year, kind of where we're going is we we tested people like that to get them on the job. So to get hired, you had to pass a test, but then for the next thirty years, we hope you remained okay. Uh, we were fortunate enough to, to prioritize some money in our budget last year to get to about an every other year. And, and moving into the year, next year, I think we've developed some strategies. We're going to try and get it to where we can get to a true uh, a true annual physical uh, for our people so we can benchmark. And really, my goal as fire chief is it, it's awesome if we can have you exiting the fire service in as good a shape as you entered it. Uh, a lot of a lot of the people I've known over the course of my career, you know, uh, broken backs, blown knees, blown shoulders, it's, it's a hard... Uh, it's a hard job on your body, so we're trying to make sure we're paying attention to it on the job and that our people are, are you know, leaving healthy each day.
0: Yeah, you don't want those guys uh, looking like an NFL running back five years after <laughs> after yeah, their know, careers.
1: We, we go through different phases. I'm certainly not a physical fitness enthusiast, but I, I'm trying to keep myself in shape. And, and I know our folks on the rigs; it's important to them. You can't, you know, you can't run up three, four flights of stairs and be winded and not be able to do your job. So I think they all take that serious, and, and they know it's in their best interest to to stay ahead
0: of it. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. Like you want your guys to be physically fit based on what they're doing. Um, if we, if we had a comp, like a, like a, a competition between the uh, lacrosse fire department and the police department who would win the, uh, you know, maybe, maybe like it's the Olympics, right? So if we did an Olympic type competition, who would, not that they're throwing javelin, but maybe uh, physical fitness tests. Uh, do you think your guys would win? I don't
1: know. They, I, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta be careful with that one. I'd like to think we would win. I'll put it that way. But right now, they, I think physical fitness is certainly important to the police department too. You know, they're they're kind of walking down the same road as us. Uh, again, that zero to zero to a hundred in in a split second decision. So um, I, I can you know I won't speak again for Chief Cudron, but I know they take physical fitness very serious. And but it'd probably be an interesting match.
0: Yeah. Well, Chief Cudron, first guy out there at that accident the other day on Tuesday. Yeah. Actually, no, believe... he was he was
1: on it. So I just held back and
0: yeah you weren't the first you weren't America. the first one no. out there
1: <laughs> well we had enough firefighters running down the block For towards the accident if i show up but I, I get in the way so it's just like let them go do their job and yeah yep. unfortunately we had pd right there with us so
0: that's lacrosse fire chief ken gilliam all right we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back uh brad's got to do the news before that scott's comment we'll be back All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the Talk at line if you want to get in here. Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam in studio with me. Buzz down here from from Holman. Uh are you in your civilian truck or are you uh you in, do you drive the fire truck around the big old do, I maybe don't have you drive a big the old
1: fire truck now? <laughs>
0: Uh, or do you, do you get the do you hey, have give a me my own fire do you no. have your own siren though in your like civilian truck where you can slap it on the top and yeah, go? I, I got
1: a little lights and siren if I need to get somewhere in a hurry. Right, you, and you abuse that. It and,
0: you no. abuse that all the time, I would right? Never like, abuse that, no. <laughs> no, of course not, because uh, you always see that in the movies. Like, uh, we're just going to turn the lights yeah, on. Bill
1: Sarsky and Hutch. Deal? No, I'm good.
0: Um, all right, so Tuesday we had a we, we had what I like to call the most covered. And I and I say this because nobody got hurt, but the most covered car accident in the history of lacrosse, maybe the world, because all the first not all the first how many how many first responders were there, and then most of the lacrosse media was there to literally cover it, and then you guys had it covered. But um, essentially, a Cherokee t boned uh, Tacoma at the Sixth and Market intersection, flipped it, flipped the c- Tacoma on its side. I don't know if it rolled, but at least flipped it on its side. I and, I and I can understand I've gone through stop. you know I haven't rolled stop signs but go stop look both ways go and then that the truck must have just been in that blind spot yeah. where the windshield and the in the passenger side window comes um but of course like can you just walk you, you hear this boom and what were you thinking
1: well yeah we're all looking the other direction as uh Mayor Reynolds started to speak and you could just kind of hear the car crunch it's a familiar noise to us and it's like yeah that's not good and um, there's there's a number of uh, accidents that have happened over the years even since i've been here it's it's uh there's a lot of blown stop signs and and that that was a pretty aggressive uh, smack that we heard so fortunately everybody from the incident was walking around you know they got them out of the cars and it was a uh, you know certainly a, a, a miracle they were all okay um but uh yeah no we're it was about a, the quickest response time you could hope for. Is like police, fire, and and the media were there within about thirty seconds.
0: So. Yeah, kind of the, the best and worst time to have a car accident because yeah. a you're all there, so you're gonna, it's going to be safe. But b all the media is there, so now you're going to look like it's an idiot because it's all on because, TV. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Not everybody's. But the, but well, I, I did see. the mayor's see...
1: speech off too, you know. Right, you
0: and he had some good jokes. He was getting ready for. I don't know if they were jokes, but he just the, the idea of dedicating a fire truck. You yeah. didn't know you did that. And, um, but I wanted to get into that a little bit. Yeah, so more
1: importantly than that accident and, and screwing up the mayor's speech, yeah, we did uh, dedicate our newest, uh, our Quint Ladder truck to uh, uh, engineer James McCormick that died in 1957. Uh, he uh, suffered a heart attack at a working uh, structure fire. And, uh, yeah, just a sad deal. Uh, we, were, we were honored to uh, dedicate that truck to him, put his name on the side of it. And uh, it was really great to have the turnout, you know, going that, Back that far in time, we weren't even sure who to initially contact, uh, but uh, one of one of our folks uh, got a hold of one of our retirees, and all of a sudden, we just started connecting ended up a couple of his family members were, uh, retired from the city and quite a bit of family in town. So they had a great turnout, um, and great conversations with them and just a, a nice way to let them know. We still remember their family sacrifice all that time back.
0: So what was, uh, grandkids there or? Yeah, grand, his
1: grandson, uh, uh did speak. He had some of the, uh, he had a stack of all the written reports, uh, that every, me- every member of the fire department that was at the fire, they made them, uh, fill out a report at the time. So I got to read through some of those. It was really, uh, it was kind of neat reading through those, uh, stories and accounts of what happened and uh he read one to the group during his speech and uh yeah so grandson was there and then i think uh quite a few grandkids or great grandkids down below him
0: now if you're gonna if you're gonna be your you know one of your family members is going to be on a truck dedicated truck is the ladder truck the one you want what's the best truck you Oh, uh, they're on?
1: all good you know there's not a bad red fire truck
0: in that sense. <laughs> But but uh, me and Mitch uh, the other day were talking and he he said the the ladder truck is kind of like the, the the body wash shampoo conditioner motor yeah uh, is it or yeah, is yeah, I a, heard
1: him call it the Swiss Army knife I, that's is he little, wrong no nah, you know it's a very functional truck it, it's a mean machine it's got a hundred and seven foot aerial on top of it uh, it also is a frontline pumping apparatus so you know it, it supplies hoses. Uh, carries a lot of tools, and ultimately, you know, tr- trucks don't put out fires. Firefighters put out fires. So it, it's, uh, I think, as you look at um, what our assistant chief got into a little bit about the design of the truck and the specifications, um, much safer riding conditions, um, and, and a lot that goes into these, you know, million-dollar machines to to protect our people so we can get there safely and then to effect, effectively help them do their jobs.
0: All right, we had a call, but I hung up on him, so you'll Oops. just have to call me back. Uh, we'll see. Sorry about that. I tr- I tried to uh, put you on hold. And, yeah, first time doing this ever. Um, is is that truck, the ladder truck, the hardest one to drive? I just go back to Seinfeld and Kramer doing the, yeah. the driving. But we, I don't know if we have a truck that big. You know, big, they're,
1: they're big machines. You, you know, you're talking 60,000 pounds and air brakes. So it's a commercial vehicle. Um, one of the recent training standards we got to is we're making all of our operators get uh, commercial driver's licenses because – uh, you know, back in time, firefighters were exempt, kind of like farmers. That you could drive anything, and there there wasn't a license requirement. But as you look at the safety of the public and your people, having somebody that's been, you know, kind of signed off by the DOT that they can safely drive that rig is certainly a nice risk management tactic that we've achieved now. So,
0: um, heading south on on the main drag there, Mormon Cooley, I guess it would be. We're, we're thinking about putting roundabouts. We are. We're going to put roundabouts on there. Yep. Is that good, Is that better or worse for, for you guys?
1: No, we're good with roundabouts. I know uh, we've been a little frustrated by some of the really tight uh, traffic circles in some of the residential neighborhoods. Uh, we've got a few that our largest trucks can't fit through. Like and, the King Street, and, yeah, like those? Yeah, we're, we're working with engineering on those. Those are, uh, those are a concern of ours because they really slow us down, and uh, we're having to route kind of blocks around them. The, the roundabouts like you see on Cass and what's going to be going on, uh, you know, that South Avenue Mormon Cooley stretch, uh, properly designed roundabouts aren't a problem. If you look at them, the, the the inner circles are usually flared, and and they they realize that a fire truck or a semi truck or a garbage truck they can kind of ride up over that curve, and and you know it not not have to slow down as much. So they're they're designed for large truck traffic to get through in a timely manner
0: because they're really about keeping the traffic moving. They should be. They should uh, have a contraption where it flattens out. You guys hit a remote. And it flattens out for you, so you can just go straight. Yeah, I, I think as you look
1: at the suspensions that are going in our trucks, you know, you can you can be moving along fairly decent, and, and you you know if you if you hit a little bump on the road, you, you hardly feel it in the in a properly designed truck these days. So th- no, there's... but the whole
0: roundabout just flattens, yeah. and then you get to go straight. I'm sure. just being a jerk, I know. A, a dork. So um, we'll
1: have hovercraft vehicles, and uh, <laughs> it won't matter anymore. So.
0: Yeah, you could have uh, fired drones. Do we have that yet? I feel like that's not it. Can't be that far off. Uh,
1: yeah, certainly. Uh, not public, that we public have safety it, is but moving into you know drones and UAVs, and uh, we, we we're uh, fortunate to have a member who's uh, in the in the military reserve that he flies the, the big birds for the military, and he's on our fire department, so uh, we did get a grant and, and got a drone, and he's been training a couple of our people up on that. Uh, they've also been working with Civil Air Patrol here on La Crosse to kind of cross-train and, and get to know each other, so a lot of legalities, especially when you're near an airport and stuff, putting those things up, so we've got kind of a resident expert And uh, we're working with the police department in the airport as well who are kind of exploring those options And uh, versus sending a bunch of firefighters out, you know, uh, hoofing through a swamp looking for a lost person. You can get a drone up and do some cool things as well as fires, hazmat. They're they're becoming more and more common in our our services to get up above and see what's really going on. I
0: might have missed that. I feel like maybe you did have some drone thing not too long ago. I know the city did. Next time, let me know because I'm... I kind of want to learn about I can get the expert
1: jump. in here. I'll, I'll yeah. get our firefighter in here that knows how to fly. I'm we'll just have it awesome. buzzing around the yeah. studio.
0: Um, all right, we do have a call, so I'm going to go to the caller. Caller, who is this? Hey, I'm Nick. How you doing, Rick? Hey, Nick, go ahead. You're on with Ken. Yeah, you guys are talking. This is what I'm talking about. Like,
2: what's the purpose of putting roundabouts on uh, King and Cass? I'm not far from there. I live down the street. The speed limit is 25, and it's spent all that money to do that. You could really concentrate on the real more populated, bigger sections. I don't like the gentleman you had on who says, you know, it, it slows them down. And I'd love to know what idiot decided to do that. And then he looked, they're all full of weeds. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah,
0: the, the, the King Street, so the Traffic Circle versus Roundabout, right? That the, I, I believe the King Street Traffic Circles and i uh i went out when tim cabot was the mayor i just like cabot what are we doing i because i take that road to go to the y because it's kind of the back road and he's like yeah rick we actually don't want you to take that road <laughs> uh we want you to take one of the more just main- you though no just yeah. me but in general you're trying to divert traffic off the king street road to make it more pedestrian friendly but it definitely isn't fire engine friendly though.
1: yeah so in any of these things you know whether it's traffic circles bump outs whatever the um there, there, for every action, there's a, a, a different reaction, and, and you know certainly those things are being put in place because people in those neighborhoods may have wanted them, and it's to slow down traffic. But when you slow down traffic, you also slow down the emergency responders that are coming, and you start to create problems for snow plows and other things. So, it really, uh, it's, it's been a little bit recently over some things, and, and I've just been saying, you know, why don't we just slow the, the dialogue down a little bit and have a discussion where all the affected departments are. In the room with the people that are advocating for these, and really look at the impacts. I'm not opposed to making them, but let's make them smart, and let's make sure that you know we're not impeding our access to get to somebody that's having difficulty breathing at a medical call or something. So,
0: worse the bump-outs or the traffic circles. I, I would guess traffic circles, just because they're right in the middle of the road, and you have to. And I don't. Know, but but bump outs if you have to, to to hang a left somewhere or hang a right, it might be tough.
1: Yeah, and and for the record, I'm not a traffic engineer, so I can't <laughs> speak to the mechanics of them. I, I we've got people that deal with that. Um, having driven a large truck before, you know, having to turn a corner bump outs are a little more challenging, but you learn how to deal with them. Uh, the traffic circles are probably a little bit more frustrating because, you know, you physically can't get through them or you're slowing down so much that, you know, it's really like, why not just drive out a block or two around it? And we're having to figure out where they're at and route around them.
0: Yeah. Do you have to do that? Do you avoid if you have a King street fire around there, you just avoid that? Yeah. Okay, and,
1: and, it, and, you know, one or two isn't bad, but if they start popping up all over town, that's our concern is that, you know, at what point we're, we're trying to strategically locate fire stations. We're investing in the uh, the traffic preemption devices that help us turn traffic lights in front of a screen to get cars out of our way safely. But then we start putting traffic impedances in the way. It's like we're really kind of we're fighting each other on it. So we, we need to have a, a citywide dialogue about, you know, w- what works well for everybody Let's slow traffic down, but also not impede the services that need to serve those neighborhoods.
0: Yeah, you're like, we're going to put a fire station here, but y'all just put a bunch of traffic circles around there, so it kind of makes us... And then, and like, we're not getting rid of traffic circles, apparently.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, from my perspective, I'm I, I'm kind of neutral. I'm, I'm just here as the fire chief to tell people that that has, that has an impact on us. Yeah. If Ultimately, if, if city leadership or council wants to put those type of things in... It's just my job to tell them what's going to happen because of it. If we elect to do that, then we adjust our strategies and, you know, we move on. So um, it, it's this this balance of, you know, the, the needs of many, and uh, we, we've got to kind of just figure out a, a more a citywide plan on it so we're, we're being consistent with
0: it. It's a super easy thing to talk about because we all hate them. You know, and then except if you're walking, but like everyone that drives yeah. through a traffic circle like that,
1: I think if you're you know if you're walking, if you got kids in a neighborhood, if you you know if you're a, a bicycle person, um, there's a lot of people that would like traffic to go a little slower and and I understand that um, with that too, you know there's there's a lot of studies out there online with the pros and cons, and we don't have enough time to get into it today.
0: so all right, that's fire Chief Ken Gilliam. We're gonna take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to LaCrosse Talk PM. Fire Chief Ken Gilliam here. We're going to wrap up a couple minutes here. If you got a question, we might be able to get you in. 608 785 7914. And um, we're talking uh, bump outs and traffic circles. That's everybody can relate to this, Ken. That's why I keep bringing it up Is because like, we all, whether or not you live in that neighborhood or not, it's just the easiest thing to, to relate to. And um, we're talking about uh, the, 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 uh, Hardest fire truck to drive, but there's. Do you guys still you you train on Isle of Plume when you're driving? Is that where you guys yeah, train? Yeah, our
1: training site's out there. We got our training tower out
0: there. So. Do you put uh, traffic circles out there? To-
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> so we, we just go out and do the real
0: ones. So uh, number three is calling in. Here we go, your All favorite right. your favorite caller. We knew we, we knew we would okay. call number three. You're on the air. Go ahead.
2: How are you two guys doing? Pretty good. That's good. See, chief. Here's my idea on this Holman deal. I think if. The Holman people up there, they went up there because their taxes are cheaper than Lacrosse. They found out that their school system had to be improved because there's so many people moving up there, had a referendum to add on to the schools. I think if they would have thought a little bit more about their fire department, they wouldn't be in the predicament that they were in.
1: No, I, number three, I appreciate your perspective, and, and to the credit of uh, those three communities and their their fire board, that's made up of members of those three communities. I, I, I think they've acknowledged that they they you know they made a, a conscious decision that all three communities supported unanimously at their boards, as well as that fire board, to uh, to at least start looking at Lacrosse as a partner to help guide them to to get to the response times and some of the benchmarks that we've received in the City of La Crosse. So in, in a way, it's 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 saying, okay, you guys are doing good, how can we get there with you? Um, I know that the Town of Holland did an advisory referendum that passed just last year, and those communities are dialoguing about the potential of a referendum uh, to support a more robust you know, fire and EMS response system. I, I think the thing right now is they're just kind of picking at a number in the dark. You don't know how much you need until you kind of... Use data to assess what do you really need in that station. What do you need for full time and part time staff and the appropriate apparatus, and then work it backwards from there of, of how much of a fiscal gap is there. So we, we've we've let them know the policy forum report did say you know it's it it may cost you more money to increase the abilities of your fire department, but it may be less expensive to work with neighboring agencies to get there. So I, I think well, they I mean, know like, that they got to There was an they was fix in the paper here so.
2: a while ago that. What the average person pays for household pays for fire protection in Lacrosse versus what they pay in Holman, there was quite a bit of difference. That's why you guys are better than what Holman is. You got more money to work with per person.
1: Absolutely, no. I, as with anything, a government money is usually the solution. I think. Um, the the cost of the Lacrosse Fire Department to the you know the the median average home is about the cost of a cup of coffee a day. So as you start looking at the numbers, there's a, there's communities around us that are paying far less than that. But really for you know for a two hundred thousand dollar home is a two hundred dollar insurance policy of the Lacrosse Fire Department a good benefit. I I can stand behind that and say absolutely yes. If your community is paying you know fifty or forty dollars per household. That's probably why there's uh, you know delays in response times and different things. So we're gonna we're gonna be bringing a lot of data knowledge and we're gonna come up and assess what's really going on up there and then give that board and those communities a you know different proposals on how to solve you know solve problems up there. So there there'll be some discussion about money. Uh, meanwhile, we're making sure that we're not you know we're not taking resources out of Lacrosse uh, and and supplementing neighbors. I am cognizant of the of the tax differences. And uh, we're trying to keep it a, play, a fair playing field, but at the same time, we got a neighbor that's reached out to us for help, and, and sometimes you got to take a little risk to uh, grow.
0: So, All right, thanks, number three, for the call. You have one minute. Do you just want to give us an update on where we are with new fire stations in yeah, a minute?
1: Yeah, uh, bids are out on Station 1's remodel, so uh, that's going to be, uh, hopefully, we'll be opening bids here in a week or two, I think, and that'll start uh, here into this fall. And then uh, Station 2 design, uh, we're still on target for a bid probably very early October. Uh, We hope to have uh, public view plans out uh, in about four weeks, I believe, as of the last meeting I was at. So I'm going to try and get something out to our mayor and council a little bit earlier. But uh, probably by the end of August, we'll have some three-dimensional, you know, truly... Uh, understandable picture, so people can see what we're doing, and uh, I'm pretty excited to get our uh, our new station two going there on lacrosse in uh, Oakland.
0: So station one is next on the list. That's we're... the market
1: that we've already okay. got design done. That we're at, that's a, about a half a million dollar renovation on the uh, the bathroom, locker rooms, and uh, sleeping dorms. So it's a pretty heavy overhaul of that 1967 structure. And meanwhile, we've been designing station two uh, to replace the one on monitor that's dropping down to La lacrosse street by UWL.
0: Uh, women's locker rooms. We're doing that.
1: Men's and women's locker Ooh,
0: rooms. Wow. Yeah, Is there nice. already women's locker rooms in
1: there? ADA compliant, uh, no mold, no asbestos. They're going to be really nice buildings, and uh, you know we're uh, we're less certainly listening internally to all of our folks, and we've hired a great architectural firm. And, oh, we uh, did We're not
0: having I'm the not mayor on the fire station? The mayor's no, not in there building no. women's locker rooms. He said he was gonna.
1: No, I think he'd <laughs> grab a hammer with me to help me get it done, but we're we're using experts to uh, do what they do. So,
0: all right, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks, Rick. All right, see you guys. Thanks for listening.